Good evening. The title of this evening's Dharma talk is Ordinary Mind. Ordinary Mind or Ordinary Wisdom or the Tibetans would say Tamogeshepa, Ordinary. Nothing, nothing particularly special. Though we, we tend to look for something special. We look as we sit, as we practice, we keep looking for and we even engage with and kind of fluff up any experience we have that is a little bit like kind of you know, transcendental or we seem to be seeing the fundamental nature uh, of things, uh, some kind of a conclusion about, aha, everything is not separate. Hmm, looks pretty good. I wonder if I can maintain that or keep that going. And it certainly is tempting to do that if you've <clears throat> been working along and having a lot of difficulty and then you start to get what sometimes called <laughs> oh that's a high school band should we just let them take over or close the windows let's let's shut the world out that's a good idea It'll give us a special feeling here in the zendo we're separate from the high school marching band when did they warn us? Jason, didn't you check into that to see if there's going to be any disturbance before I came in? The I apologize. I think there's actually a dozen marching bands competing next door. So it's lots of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to let them win. Um, <clears throat> so, of course, we're going to be tempted if we've been having a difficult time and then we start to get some kind of insight about what we were uh, concerned with, our idea of what enlightenment would be like to be uh, all of the different sayings there are, one with everything and, and not separate. And like I say, often I say not separate. But it is not, won't be a particular feeling. It won't necessarily be some kind of a, of a or even a concept or an idea about it. it the, the flash of seeing that is very seductive and we want to maintain that we want to get that back we meditate might even meditate to try to get that feeling of i was just sitting there and i felt like i was i disappeared or all the other fancy things my mind left my body your mind's always leaving your body so nothing special as charlotte joko beck a great uh buddhist um, teacher of the last, the previous century, uh, has as a title of one of her books, Nothing Special. So if it's nothing special, then is it just unnoticeable? Is it, if, it, if there's no contrast to it, then how, how, how would we know? That's, that's difficult because it's, it's ordinary mind. It's just, just the everyday mind that comes and goes all the time, shows up, recedes gets stronger, gets weaker, ordinary, ordinary. The realization itself, if there, if realization does uh, come about, then it, it will be, you could say, uneventful. As I sometimes say it even more strongly, it's not really an occurrence. It might be the lack of occurrences. Maybe experienced that way. That being said, it's not really an experience. 
as I've said many times, I'll say again, and other teachers have said before I said this, but uh, if something shows up, it's going to go away, including insight, including wisdom or your idea of wisdom. If your understanding, your realization is is um, understood as something now that's different. It used to be like this, but now it's really, <clears throat> I'm really seeing, I'm seeing clearly, I'm seeing the oneness of everything. I'm seeing how everything is like a mirror and all that fall to roll. And it's not that it, that it is not that those images don't apply and don't work, but what is, what has been seen through is there, there's no being there anymore. There's just the situation. There's no personhood is a word that's often used. There's no identity. It doesn't mean that you'll, you won't know your right hand from your left. So then the idea is to, what are you supposed to do? Set off on something ordinary, have really ordinary. This seems so ordinary, maybe I'm enlightened. So it's a difficult thing to talk about. Uh, Trungpa Rinpoche talks about it in Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism in a, a couple of places. Yes, I can read just a little bit of what he said. The term ordinary wisdom, Tamil Geshepa, is used a great deal in tantric in the tantric tradition. It is the completely ordinary version of form is form, emptiness is empty. It is what it is. One cannot reject physical existence of the world as being something bad uh, and associated with samsara. You can only understand the essence of nirvana by looking into the essence of samsara. As it is, this is something that, thank you, this is, it's, it's so utterly simple. And this is why it's ordinary. But how can I say it? Some, something arises, you meet someone, anyone, and there's an immediate addition to it that covers up the simplicity, the immediacy, the fundamental presence of everything that is happening. We impute a past. We also remember a past. We impute a future. We also imagine a future. And sometimes it doesn't, it just means that we're going to get up and we're imagining the future that when we start to move across the room towards the kitchen, that we're going to go in and pre pre prepare a meal or go to the restroom or something. So we, ha we have some kind of a future thing that's happening all the time. That, that provides uh, a powerful illusion called past and future. And those that past and that future does happen in terms uh, of, of a body, a body-mind complex. But it's ultimately not real. It's relatively real because it's relative. It's as it is. So what happens is if something is as it is, and we're covering it up with what we think it is, our projections on it, our ideas about it, our conclusions, are even our prejudice about it. We can't really see what's there. It's interesting that if you do see what's there and you see that you've been covering it up, you may also see the cover-up for a long time. The cover-up because it's triggered by uh, dependent origination. And you're, you're just because you're awake doesn't mean that it's a dependent origination somehow um, minds its own business and leaves you alone in your fantastic Buddha fields. So, not separate. It's not separate. What arises in front of you? Who comes up in front of you? Who walks into the room and you see them? You project onto them. 
seeing the projection is, is the path, is, a, is what we need to do. It's just see, be aware, awareness, awareness, be aware of the projection. This is why sitting practice of meditation, I feel like I'm giving the same talk over and over again, because I keep trying to get you or encourage you, since I have your permission, to, to go back and just return, return to just this simple situation of receiving. Train yourself to just receive. So when you, in post-meditation or when you get off the cushion, you're able to meet everyone, everything, every situation in your life, where it is, not only what is arising, but your objections to it. You don't have to get rid of the objections because if you do, then we have an ego that's, you know, ka-ching, uh, ka-ching, ka-ching. The ego is making va getting value as somebody who's getting rid of and getting better and improving. Probably doesn't make the sound ka-ching. I just heard that recently. I thought that's an interesting sound. Isn't that an old-fashioned cash register? What would it sound like? Ka-ching. Is that what it is? No, You're old-fashioned. Maybe because I'm... Because you're old-fashioned. <laughs> no, not because you're old. You're old-fashioned. So how do you point out ordinary mind? It's pretty hard to point that out as a direct pointing, even though the, uh, in the tantric tradition is called pointing out instruction. The teaching person meets you and points exactly to what you need to see to, to realize your true nature. In the Zen tradition, it's more more common to use a, a koan practice. Bring, you have a koan, trying to understand the koan, you bring your responses or your uh, your solution to that particular koan. <clears throat> Why did Bodhidharma come from the West? So, or um, what is that other one that people like to use? Does the dog have the Buddha nature? And the answer to it is moo or empty or no. Would you think that would apply to what? Seems to be necessary for each of us to see this ourselves. This is what we're doing when we're practicing shikantaza. Just very simple, radical, uh, minimalist form of meditation is to sit down and receive whatever's coming up in your particular mind stream, what is coming up in your space that you're sitting in. Just receive it, receive it. And the process, the practice of doing that is to not only watch What's coming? What is coming up? But watch our additions to it. Don't like it? That's good. I shouldn't think that. Uh, there I go again. Those kinds of commentary that reify, reestablish, and reinstate the very self-centeredness that we are trying, endeavoring to see is that uh, is unreal. It's not about believing it's unreal. It's seeing it. I don't know. I use the the seeing. I could say it's tasting it. There's, a, there's a, a word, a teaching in Tibetan, it's called rochig. Rochig means one taste. One taste, you just, just what you see, that everything's just one flavor. Just another way of using one of the sense fields to convey the idea of its, of its um, how can you say it, singularity. It's just this, just, just that direct insight into it without a conclusion. The conclusion brings it back into the relative realm, and it's the property of the narcissism. Shokabang, does seeing ordinary mind change the way spiritual materialism arises in one's mind stream? Yes, if you see it, spiritual materialism doesn't arise. <laughs> 
I mean, it doesn't, there's no, because there's no, uh, there isn't anything else. There's nowhere to go. So all the, all the, uh, the only thing that's left is to uh, meet people where they're at and help them. In other words, save all beings, put others before yourself. But there's no, there's no desire to use your spiritual techniques to get more insight. Go ahead. Shokobang, is the polarities of success and failure different than the spiritual materialism? Say more. Shokobang, does success and failure still arise in one's life? Relatively, of course. You're trying to, um, you're trying to do a particular project, and suddenly some aspect of that completely falls apart, so you don't get that done in the time frame. So there's uh, success and failure, but you don't do anything with it. It's just that. It's just that didn't work. But there's no praise or blame going around. It's not that you might not look at it and think, I should have ordered that material sooner because now they're all out of it. Now that project won't. Thinking of something in particular. Shokobang was laughing at your example. But I do have something. Was that a humorous example? I need to write that down. Write that down. Yeah. I'll use that again. People start to fall asleep. I can use humorous example. Shokobang. Yes. What about the success and failure of the mind that says, like, Oh, well, there I go again. That's the, that, that is, a, instead of just being with what is happening, which, which you, you didn't order the materials soon enough, uh, it would just be very ordinary, but there would be no, be no turning around and coming back and some kind of self accusation. Not that you didn't forget it or you didn't order it soon enough, but, it, but that's already been realized. You've already realized you didn't order it. So there's nothing extra that comes on that reifies someone who is wrong and better ship up or ship out. Go ahead. More? No, thank you. Certainly. Since we're questions yet, Nishikai. Nishikai, is it ever valuable to fluff up a situation like maybe to make the three jewels more important or to keep us maybe interested in it? Well, um, that's, uh, if I'm understanding the question, yes, that's what we have a monastery. That's what we have <laughs> place, places to sit and cushions and, and we have a, a schedule. And if you live in the monastery, you'll know that unless you have a job somewhere, you, you need to uh, not obey, but observe these forms. And if you're here, your basic intention is to train your mind to see more clearly you'll see that these forms are meant for you to, to uh, address by observing them. That doesn't mean that if you're, if you don't get enough sleep the night before that you have to come down and do that anyway, that's that kind of macho kind of control is uh, not helpful. I'm not saying that some people might perhaps use that. I, I don't think it's helpful. So, so you observe the form, you do your best without struggle to, come to the forums. You'll find if you've lived here a long time, like you've lived here several years, you'll find that that you, you you provide your own pathway to get to the cushion, to get to the Chanta Sutras. That you you know, you can only sleep in so many times. You know, it's just a, it's very simple. There's no 
no one is, I'm not particularly, as a, the abbot, I'm not particularly keeping track of who doesn't come to practice. Uh, is doing that. Who's a Shuso? Yeah. You don't let him get away with that, do you? No. Shook his head no. With a big grin. Or it depends on, it might fall on the, the Eno, who was, uh, who was basically in charge of the, the Zendo. What happened? All the forms. You have somebody that is not here to do. They say we're signed up, or someone signed them up for Han and Bell. It's a form. If they're not there, there's always reasons, and they're valid reasons. If it's if they're if they if somebody doesn't come, just to go into that a little further. If they if they if they never come, then we just why don't you live somewhere else? Don't live here. So it's a it's an agreement. We do this together. It's not one person's the the, the dictator or something, and everybody else has to obey. More. I'm thinking if we're fluffing up a situation, should we investigate that more? I'm thinking of with you for who knows blowing kisses at me and see if she can seduce me away from talking to you. He's <laughs> <laughs> just experimenting all the time. Is that what you're doing? I think she wants my attention, but go ahead. Fluffing up. I think of it when I, I think of you or I think of you as a like special being would be my language around it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. um, does that mean I should look at that closer to if I find that I'm fluffing a situation? You should always look at that, but don't, you don't necessarily have to fix it. Because if you see what it is fundamentally, definitely, and if it's a thorough seeing of it, then it will, it will defluff itself. It just won't happen because your intention is to see the truth. And if you start to see one of the ways we, that intention works is we don't immediately jump to conclusions about what we're seeing because we want to have a credential of, of success, of seeing the truth. I, I, saw that, I saw that delusion, so I'm not going gonna, gonna to stop doing that. You might want to just watch that fluffing, watch that pumping things up, go on and see it, see what's actually happening, or see what is fundamentally going on there. You could say that that uh, doing prostrations before the altar is kind of fluffing things up, and it is. It's an exaggeration. So I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in the Sangha. You may have to do some of that because it's not just the ego isn't interested in that, other than maybe showing someone. You know, showing off how good they can prostrate or something. So, so it's about it's about watching that to see what does need to be fluffed up or encouraged because of the situation. It's situational and other things that don't need to to be. Am I getting anywhere close to what you're asking about, or is there some? Is there more? No, that's all. Okay. That's helpful. So less is better. But don't do anything else you have to, and if you have to do it. And, and put your heart into it and do it, do it thoroughly, sincerely, completely. Shogobang, you've been talking a lot about intention lately. Um, can we intend ordinary mind? It, will, it, it might help you to, to look more closely at what is arising in your mind at any given time and see, see the the contrast there. I don't know if you can 
particularly create an ordinary mind. It's just less is better. So less, less uh, fluffing things up, looking for a special kind of uh, to see how we can get into a state of samadhi or no thought or some kind of uh, accomplishment mentality, materialism basically. But you can intend to see what this is. That's what uh, um, Shikandaza is sitting down and looking at what this is over and over and over again and seeing how difficult that is and seeing what it is that is being observed and seeing over time the, the actual subjectivity of the observer. Those, those are the two, that and this. Those, that's the area, that's duality. That, and that's what needs to be seen, not gotten rid of. We're not trying to get rid of anything. It needs to see that it's what it is fundamentally is ordinary, and it's not two. It's not two things anywhere. It's ordinary. Sometimes called orderly chaos. It's very, very orderly. It's a very, from the point of view of, of our experience, it could be very chaotic. But from the point of view of our wisdom, which is totally ordinary, exactly what needs to happen next. More? Jake Bowing. Jake. Does practice change with ordinary mind, Bowing? Yeah, if one, one fundamentally realize, if you realize your true nature, which is not separate from anything, but in nature, if you realize that, then you, you, you may practice in the conventional sense, and you may not. It's situational. You may continue to practice, you may not. So but the, the point there, I would think, uh, what I'm saying is the point is that you're, you're no longer divorcing yourself from the, from the proverbial present moment. It's just you're present all the time, no matter what's happening. You can be enraged or pissed off at something somebody has said or done and still not have left the present moment. Or something else, or some, or even some someone who's wrong, or someone who's right. Further questions? You should. A question from Chris Smith. I have a problem with people crossing boundaries. The rage feeling is consuming, and I have to leave. How do I help this? Train your mind to see what it is that is enraged. Train your mind, return to the wall, return to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. If you can relate to that kind of algorithm, relate to the teacher, the teaching, and the community. Three aspects. Been around for, what, 2,500 years, probably longer than that, if we really knew the history. Just continue to run, just insist. Intend to see what this is. Don't, you don't have to succeed at it. That's the difficulty with it, with having being tied up and looking for results as we abandon the very situation that is being described when we say, Tamagishapa, ordinary mind, Rochig, one taste, one act samadhi, just, just this, just this. And it's going to appear differently for each person. But this is your. As has been said, this is your birthright. You're a human being. You you can see that your true nature is uh, is, is is the awakened one. You're constantly awake all the time, never ceasing, unceasing, unceasing. Why is it unceasing? Because never only that which has begun 
can cease. That which has never begun is unceasing. Is transcendence. You may have to go and wash your feet. You may have to go back and walk in the dirt some more and wash them again. Relative truth. But who you actually are is already completely pure. But you have to see it. So, Chris, return to the wall over and over. It was Chris Smith, right? I know you, Chris. Return to the wall. Well, I don't really know you, but speculation. Further questions? Sir. Jake Bowing. Uh, when I meditate, it seems like things quiet down. The problems kind of seem to go away. Why, like it's hiding or something. Is it ever helpful to take a situation like anger from the walking world to the cushion and reflect back on it? A little bit. I would say very little bit, but some. Spend your time on the cushion just receiving. And then if you really are having difficulty with anger or something like that, you can write, just write the word anger. So, it, so that it's obvious you're going right into the, the fourth conduct of, of concepts and thinking process. So you're, you're giving yourself permission to think about that, contemplate it, hold it right, lay it down on your zabaton, pick it up and say anger or think anger. What is anger? Who's angry? What is it fundamentally? contemplate that maybe out of a excuse me an hour of sitting you might do that for four or five minutes just contemplate it but but during shikantaza but beyond receive all the time now if anger anger starts to come up then you can do it in that sense just receive that more thank you any questions on zoom algi go ahead uh, Augie Bowing, uh, how would you compare ordinary mind to the effect you've talked about before, like with Trumpo Rinpoche, where people's minds in his presence would seem to to calm down, to settle, and 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 with you as well in private interviews, come in with a bunch of questions, and the questions sometimes will we're in a book study, the questions will just disappear somehow. Uh, how would you compare that to ordinary mind bowing? Same thing. But you can't maintain it. And quite often what happens is we feel like we should have questions. And perhaps you should. I, I don't really require them. Sometimes I say, bring me your questions. But if you don't, then, uh, then you'll say, why don't I have questions? And I say, ah, finally a question. No, it's not necessary to produce it, but you can consider it. What what is it you want to know? What what would what do you want to know rather than some kind of a question around the nature of emptiness or something? Yes, with Trump or MPJ, my experience and a few other people also said that when it can be any combination of things. It could be my own paranoia or my own being terrorized. By being in his presence, I'm sure that had something to do with it. But it, your mind would stop working. At least mine did. It would just you just wouldn't think. 
or wouldn't think. That's how it seemed. Oh, it was? I have no idea. That's how it seemed. Senshu. Senshu Bowing, you said earlier that when, when we're in front of you in an interview, for example, you point directly where we need to look. How do we see through what we think you're pointing at? Intention. Just continue to practice. It takes a while. It can take a long time. Just return, return, return. Return to intent, intent. Kozan bowing. Go ahead, Kozan. What um, questions did you ask your teacher in your interviews? None of your business. I've already, I've already gone over that several times of things that I had. I don't really want to go through that again, but they were pretty simple. And I, I don't remember a lot of things I talked about because of the, probably, probably because of fear. Um, but I probably talked a lot. I have no idea. Made a fool of myself. Showed him what a fool that I was. So the only one I can really remember is uh, I asked him about something that was happening in my consciousness that was very bizarre and I could not understand it. And this was in 1975. Had a private interview with him. I was asking about asking him about the, the, the dimensional quality of my experience was coming apart at that time. I'd only been meditating for a few years. And he said, uh, uh, that's the seed of enlightenment. And of course, as soon as I heard him say that, I thought, oh my gosh, I think I'm, he's pointing out the nature of mind to me or something like that. No, he wasn't. He was just describing something. But it was a seed is not uh, an oak tree. It was a seed. I, I asked him other questions, but I, I don't recall all of those presently. So if I ask you what kind of questions you ask me, do you remember them all? Goes on by, it seems like it's all over the board. Sometimes there's not a lot. Sometimes it's around study. Sometimes sure. around practice. Different situation. He had a few thousand students and I've got 25. Maybe 30. Yes. Yes. Is ordinary mind a confused mind? The way I understand the question, I would say no, it's not. But it doesn't mean that in that, in that ordinary mind or uh, the, the mind that is awake uh, is not concerned about confusion coming or going. It's not trying to fix or correct everything, anything, because it sees it sees clearly that it's just dependent origination. Confusion may show up as confusion. So what? There's no one who's confused. The ordinary mind has no has no personhood that is 
concluding ordinary mind. Well, you might ask, well, how do you know that it's ordinary? It is not separate from what it's seeing. No one's seeing it. The fancy way of saying it is wisdom sees wisdom. Ordinary mind sees ordinary mind. Nothing special. Nothing shows up as valid or nothing shows up as invalid. When we are confused, what about that stops us from seeing ordinary mind? When we are confused? Yeah, or what about that is extra? If if there's some if, if there's confusion and then there's someone who's confused, if someone's trying to stop the confusion, if confusion just arises, it's just confusion, not knowing what's going to happen next or some particular situation that is you can't really sort out what is happening it's just confusion but if there's someone who is who is losing their credentials because they're confused or getting the bad credential of being a confused person then that identity is the issue it's a mistaken identity because if you see this body if you, if you look in the mirror and see this body or other bodies and realize there's no solid being anywhere it's an astonishing realization and you know what else is flat out ordinary it's so ordinary that it's embarrassing somewhat, not completely, but somewhat to, to see how many people are so wound up in themselves as some separate being they can get somewhere or rule a country. It's just embarrassing to see that. But that doesn't mean that we can take that to the bank and spend it. No, we have to, we have to train ourselves. We have to respect someone's confusion, even if it means they're going to make a mess of things. It's very hard to do. And why do we have to respect it? Because it's dependently arisen. Because it's not a separate thing. It looks separate. It looks like they're guilty. They should be shot or punished or something should be done. And maybe they should relatively in some way. They should be prevented from creating more chaos. But they're, they're, there's no fundamental blame. There's responsibility. That's different. But more about that if you haven't. Let's go deeper. Any confusion or anything arises, anything you do with that to push on it, pull push on it, aggression, pull on it or twist it or change it, uh, passion, or to shut it out and distract yourself from it and forget it, go do something else, uh, have a beer, whatever. Anything you do like that perpetuates the, the original mistaken identity, which is there is someone. Not only there is a confusion, but there's also someone having the confusion. It's the... Uh, fundamental duality that is the illusion of uh, samsara that keeps us entrained, entranced by otherness. I want this, I don't want that. I want some of this, but I don't want that. Right up to and including the path to awakening. I want this. You want it, and this is how it's done. Further questions? Yes. When you were talking about your experience with um, the third dimension, going away and just seeing things in two dimensions. What, what was happening there? I have no idea. And, and as soon as he, he told me that, it never happened again. It had happened for a couple of years. It would come and go maybe, not very often, maybe once a month, and just for maybe, uh, maybe a, a minute or two, I, there was no depth to anything. And it, was, it wasn't particularly scary, it was just odd. And I didn't know what it was. 
I, wa I wanted to find out what it was, so I waited till I had an interview with him. I wouldn't discuss. I didn't discuss it with anybody. I didn't want anybody's response to it, but his. Even his secretary, David Rome, tried to wring it out of me. Well, what do you want to talk to him about? Why are you, why are you so adamant about? Why, what do you want? You can't have a summit meeting with the guru. And I say, well, uh, I told the story before. I said, finally, I I know I was irritated because I I couldn't see why he wouldn't understand why I don't want your response. I want my guru's response. I don't want any contamination from somebody, somebody else's speculation, including my own. But, so he couldn't understand that. At least it didn't seem like it at the time. But I finally got the interview and he told me uh, it was a seed of enlightenment. And then when I, he could tell that I was getting quite, quite uh, proud of myself for having a seed of enlightenment. So that's when he uh, started mocking me, which was quite helpful, not at the time. <laughs> But reflecting back on it, it was quite helpful to, to know that this person could, was not going to let me uh, walk out of there with my uh, stolen property. Shogobang, is there depth to things now? The three dimensions, you mean? Yes. No, I mind. Shukabang, what is depth? Something really deep. Uh, 40 leagues under the sea. Or is it 20? No, 20,000 fathoms. It's, it's just a conventional idea of over here, eyes over here, and object over there. There's some distance. But, there, but just I'm just talking about a three-dimensional. I could see this. Things had width and they had height. There was no depth, and it would just it would go come and go. But as soon as he told me that, that stopped. That never occurred again. Hasn't occurred since. It was it was an experience. It's only a seed for so long. More. Shogun sometimes it seems like when we talk about things like deep consciousness where you say that there is no deep or that there's no depth. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to go into that a little bit and I'm having difficulty. Um, we'll come back to it. Junchu. Junchu Valley, what is a seed of enlightenment? I don't know. He, he said that that was. Well, he's trying to get me to make a fool of myself. <laughs> well, I, I think that anything that shows up as a strong kind of polarity to what you've been seeing things a certain way and then suddenly you see them another way, um, they can be interpreted different ways. I don't know. I have no idea. I wasn't able to discuss it with him. And I would say I wasn't able to. I probably could have had, had my throat chakra had not been uh, full of nuts and bolts. I couldn't talk. You know, it was embarrassing. I felt every time I opened my mouth, I was just showing him what a fool I was. And of course I was. That's the idea. I'm not here to hide out from the teacher. Another question from Chris Smith. Can the wall serve as an anchor for, for walking life? Waking life? 
walk in on it. Can the wall serve as an anchor for walking life? I, I would, you could use that metaphor if you wanted. I, I wouldn't use that anchor kind of idea. It's, it's, it's more of a, a reference point, just return to it. You don't have to be anchored by it. So if we anchored by it, then it becomes something. And then we're looking for some kind of special samadhi or some, some special jhana state or something. And not that there aren't, but those don't have some kind of a existence, perhaps. But a question from Isaac Dion. Isaac. What does respecting others' confusion look like? Just receive it. Notice that through your perception or you're dealing with your own confusion and notice that, that other people, your confusion might be more like a turmoil of just what am I going to do with this? But other people's confusion is even more difficult because you're aware of your confusion. You're aware of the turmoil and you're working with it. At least I know you are. I know you a little bit, but someone like sometimes are people that don't have <clears throat> that are, uh, have closed off their insight and just want to have a really strong, stable, materialistic life and making money, keeping a good reputation, paying the bills, not that that's wrong, but that, that quite often in that kind of a structure and, and extreme grasping at materiality, at success, at failure, making money and owning things, uh, hides, uh, covers up uh, an interior confusion that is just shoved off to one side. So the way you would meet them, uh, Isaac, is just to listen, listen to their story. No, don't enter into conversations with people who are um, full of baloney. Don't, I mean, don't, not that you wouldn't ask them something. How's that? So it sounds like you're having difficulty with that, or sounds like your things are going very well for you. So you could participate in that. Meet them where they're at. Be kind. Be kind to them. Be kind to yourself. Be respectful of your confusion rather than try to get rid of it to be some artificial um, um, liar, some someone who's lying to themselves about, about their emotions or feelings. Be those feelings. You can do it. I sometimes say, I used to say all the time because I thought it would be helpful. Now I don't say it so much anymore, but I say, used to say, well, I'll say it today though. How do you think I feel? I haven't gotten rid of anything. No, no I'm not, I'm not get, gotten rid of, a, of a, my temper. I'm not getting rid of uh, anything, anxiety or worry about this or worry about that. It's all there. What's different? I can tell you what's different. It's just that seeing that that person that thought this was a problem is non-existent, never was there. You don't have to get rid of something that's unreal. It's imaginary. The ego is imaginary. There is no self in the skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. Look closely. Gaze at the wall. Find out your true nature. The only thing I'm here to do, and not to get you to be a Buddhist, that, that's up to you. The only thing I'm here, if, you, if I have your ear for a minute or 10 minutes, I'm saying, find out who you are. Don't, don't go towards uh, the end of your life without really knowing for sure who you are and what this world is about. Because if you don't, then you'll be back. You may want to come back. I don't know. When I say, how do you think I feel? The same 
temper, anger that brought me into this path uh, close to 50 years ago. It's not going anywhere. It's just not real. It's not real. But the situation, the emotion is still there. It still can come and go. I don't care what it does. I'm not concerned. This, and on occasion, I may even express that anger or that outrage or that discontent. Not two. You can't find two things anywhere. <clears throat> the mind of enlightenment, the mind of awakening, and the most intense rage and anger are not two separate things. If you think they are, you'll go to war. Go to war with your, the people you love. Because you think you believe in right and wrong, the relative understanding of it, sacred and profane. It's just, it's there for the sake of manipulating people, reality, from the point of view of what is described to be, or um, what is said to be uh, the reality of, uh, you got to make a living, you got to get a good job, you have to get a good education, you need to pay your bills. It's not that you don't, probably, probably, probably do need to do all those things. But you're not, you don't need to get rid of anything. Further questions? Do then. Is ordinary mind boring? Uh, can be. No, but it also can be very entertaining. It can be anything, it can be, do anything. It's like a stage set where anything's possible. Everything, the things that show up are sometimes very interesting and magnetizing and sometimes are you know, tedious or boring or so those things are still there. Perhaps I would say it's more boring to be in a car going on a long trip and be eight years old. That's boring. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Where do you think they get that? They get it from their parents. You know, come up with that. Well, maybe they do a little bit. I don't know. I can't make make make, my, make up my mind about that. Is it the parents that are blame or the child? You got to get to the bottom of this. Further questions, please. Let me have them. I'm gonna fall asleep if you're gonna ask me questions. Go ahead. Excuse me, Does someone who sees what this is still go out towards excitement? good there's no there's no standard for it and the causes and conditions that arise is this being that is asked a question or this being that's endeavoring to respond to it you 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 don't have to get rid of anything you are you are the karma you are the life you've been avoiding you are this you are you're you're as trunk Jay said in just in, in two words the shortest speech i ever heard him give be genuine Stop trying to be somebody else. You'd say that, I'm saying that. Or stop try, trying to improve into some kind of special person, some awake person. Another question from Chris Smith. You're just full of it tonight, Chris. I see what this is about, but I come back. How come? See what this is about, I come back. How come? So I understand, Chris, you to be saying that you see uh, what it is that I'm pointing at. 
or the teachings point at that you come back to study more? How come? Is that what you're asking me? Give me a yes or a no. We're all waiting for Chris. <laughs> Chris just switched over to watch Dalai Lama or somebody. <laughs> back and forth with it. It's going to be quite a contest. Well, if he doesn't respond, then I can also respond to it in the way it sounds. Like, I see what this says, so why do I... He said no and yes. <laughs> you know what? It's a good thing I don't swear. Don't waste my time. Not, I'm not swearing, but don't waste my time with that kind of bullshit. I mean that. Don't waste my time and don't waste yours. Find out who you are. Come this direction with that kind of baloney. Straighten up, slow down, bend over, sit still, watch what moves, do a lot of it. Do it for the next 20 years. Come and see me in 20 years. I'll be 100. People are snickering because you're not going to live. <laughs> you're never going to make it. Even Chris is going, <laughs> Chris is what, 21? Is he 21, 22? It's a good question, but don't don't play around with yes and no. And that's that's for me to say things like that. I can say that. You can't. When I say you can't, you can do whatever you want. Remember when you're in all, those of you who were who were who were alive in uh, 1950, probably not many of you, and you're standing on the sidewalk and the person, your neighbor across the street, who's also nine years old, yells at you some profanity. <laughs> and you yell back at them um, to shut up or something like that. They yell at you, it's a free country. Remember that? <laughs> it's a free country. I don't really got that. <laughs> but it's not so free, is it? Not as free as we thought it was. Any other questions before we close? Or I don't know where we're at. I came to the talk late. You mentioned the ordinary mind. Is that a conditioned mind? Is it conditioned? Yeah, is that a conditioned mind too? Bowing. It's it's not it's not at war with conditioning, so yes. But it's not it's not at the mercy of conditioning. As an if there's an identity there, then the identity is at the mercy of the conditions and like some of them doesn't like others and will fight with it. But the one who is liberated is, is completely liberated from the, from the chains of their uh, um, uh, afflictions. Liberated, passion, aggression, ignorance are no longer chains because you can see it. Prejudice is no longer uh, a chain because you can see that this the prejudice arises dependently. You don't have to get rid of prejudice. You get rid of prejudice, it just goes underground. And then you appear like a, you try to appear like you're not prejudiced. But yes. Is that possible to see the mind without adding on? Yes. 
but what happens uh, for a long time, what happens is the path part of it is just to see how much you add on without interfering with it. I say, when I say don't add on, I know you can't help it. I can't help it. We all add on, but it's to bring the awareness to the amount that something arises, we add on to it. It's the awareness of the adding on that we constantly agree with or object to or ignore whatever arises. That's the add on. Don't do it. But if you do do that, then just watch that and don't add on to that. No double negativity. Just be genuine. Be the be the, the very difficulty you're dealing with. Don. Um, Don bowing. Is being genuine being responsible? Okay. So the way I use the word responsibility is the ability to respond to whatever's there. So anything is showing up. The response may be just observing it, receiving it. The response may be going and, uh, and turning off your neighbor's uh, garden hose because you know they just left for vacation. They turned the sprinkler on. So it's something that you just kind of take care of. You see what it is. So some response that is appropriate to the causes and conditions that arise very clearly when you're not projecting a lot of stuff onto that. Or if you are projecting onto it, you also see the 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 uh, contrast between what arises and your ideas about it if you see that this is called shunyata emptiness empty of your thoughts about whatever occurs and it's not fancy it's not earth shattering it's just the truth more somehow how do we respond without adding um... might not be able to but being aware of the adding is what's what is the, that's the practice part of it. Just be aware that you're adding. And if you're really if you're aware that you're adding, it, it that whole situation might collapse because of your awareness that you're that you're not really meeting that directly where it is. So you might step back and remember what I said. Don't do anything else you have to. It's a simple thing. But the reason to do that is that it's kind of another way of uh, uh, teaching or pointing at the. Patience, have patience with something. And then the ego mind will come along and say, well, I can't do that because what if this falls apart? I got to step right in there and do something. Probably not, unless it's a burning house with screaming people inside. That might set the tone for the whole thing. More? Another question from Isaac. Isaac. Can my deep desire to realize my true nature act as a hindrance to that very dream? No. Nope, you can't. But, but the important thing there is just intent. You say the way you describe that, and just from knowing you a little bit, say no. That's, that's not something to be concerned about. You want to be concerned about something? Get to the cushion. Schedule yourself. Get, no matter what happens on the cushion, return, 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 return to the cushion, return to the teacher, the teaching. And the community, if you have one, and you have one here, all you have to do is show up. There's no requirement. There's no fee charged. It's available to anybody who is interested. That doesn't mean it's going to be, you know, magnetize thousands of people. A few other questions. Any questions for someone? Yeah, go ahead, Augie. Me bowing. Uh, does the teaching that there is no solid being also point 
to there no, not being any solid objects and basically this all happening in consciousness as if in a dream, uh, bowing? Yes. Yep, that's it. Very much like a dream. For me, the, 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 the sutra that really points to that very directly over and over and over and over again is the Diamond Sutra, part of the Prajnaparamita literature. The one I recommend is translated by uh, Red Pine. There's also several other ones, uh, but the other ones are more, uh, they're, too, they're very uh, they're too fancy, too technical. The one by Kanzi is, it was written, I think, in the 50s or it's just it's too too technical but the one by red pine is excellent Augie bowing does the teaching point then to the nature of, of who or what the dreamer the dreamer is bowing yes Augie bowing uh who or what is it bowing not separate. It's a dream or it's not a dream or it's real, unreal. It's true. It's false. It's of no consequence. Unreal. As I often say, don't believe, don't disbelieve, and don't distract or look away. But we also know that we can't help but do that to some extent by endeavoring to, to keep some kind of uh, intend to keep some kind of equilibrium going. We fail at that, and that failure, to use that blunt word, shows us the very area that we can be aware of, the way we keep concluding something in an area just to, to secure our own relative identity as being safe. It takes, takes time, it takes intention, it takes repetition, and a lot of practice. Further questions? Yeah. What does ordinary mind look like to the failure? Say more to the failure. Um, let me reverse that. How does failure look to ordinary mind? Just failure. Just a relative situation with nothing extra. It's just a, it's a, as Trunk Rinpoche would say, it's just a, a straight shot, probably vodka, but nothing added. It's, it's the driest of martinis, nothing there. It's just, there's nothing extra to it, it's just that. And there's no one who failed, just, just that didn't work. Or I, I did this and I did this and I did this, but somehow something went, went missing or fell apart. So I wasn't able to meet the goal that I intended to do whatever it was by a certain time. It just kind of comes apart, but there's no one, no one who's wrong, no one who's failed. Failure failed more. Thank you. Go ahead, Ongo. Ongovai, um, you said failure shows us um, our, the area to look at. Yes. What's, what's an example of that? Yeah. So, um, not coming up with any overall something to cover everything. It's just, let me say it again. 
you 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 try to do some particular thing and and you fail uh, it doesn't work out but you don't do anything else with it it's a very simple but didn't work but there's no one who failed uh, even if you um misread an instruction or uh, the supply situation on the material that was needed for something if you're building something there's no extra no added uh finger pointing going on there so you you watch the entire situation and if you do do the finger pointing then you just see that and you don't jump on top of that and try to correct that so if you something happens and you fail and you're upset with yourself about it you're aware of that self recrimination or whatever it may be, but you don't repair it. Don't fix it. You don't double down on it and say, well, of course I was wrong. If I hadn't, if I'd just done that this way or that way, I wouldn't be in this dilemma now of having that project uh, unfinished. Am I getting closer to what you're looking for? Mondo, well, yes. Um, how can I, Use my example would be um, shame. If I get caught in shame, mm -hmm. and, I, uh, and is that a failure, Brown? If you get caught in shame, mm -hmm. if I um, start um, maybe believing my thoughts or um, feeling you made a mistake. Yes. Okay. So, what was the question? Is that a failure? Failure for what? Is that the failure that shows an area for me to look at? Um, yes, I deliberately. Shame you all the time, don't I? But I don't know I'm doing it until you say, is this a teaching? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the pride and shame are two two sides of that. The puffing up is I'm really never do anything wrong and I'm always correct. And even if you find somewhere I'm wrong, I'll just ignore that and pretend like that. Whereas in your situation, you're almost looking for something for something you've done wrong. You're looking to set something goes wrong in a community of people. You might, the first thing you might think is, how am I to blame for this? What did I do? How could I have, I should have caught that. Whereas the pride goes the other direction and said, well, it wasn't my job. I didn't do that. I, it wasn't me. Uh, you know, what? So what is the area to look at? Um, is it the thoughts? Is it the emotion? Is it the? The whole thing. Just look at it as much as you can and, and just receive it rather than adding more uh, interpretations and judgments and evaluations on top of it. Like even, I can't seem to see my shame. Just, just keep it very simple. More? So then how can I use the concept of ordinary mind in this situation? The, the shame or the pride or the anger or whatever shows up that tends to take over, it needs a, a person there some kind of imaginary person to be the one who's on the receiving end of the shame is a feeling of shame. So just shame alone is just just dependent origination. So it becomes ordinary because it's you see it as it is part and parcel of all the things that are coming and going. But it's, so it's, it's like it would be like you you just realize that you no longer care whether you have negative feelings or not. Why? Because there's, there's no person there anyway. There's just the dependent origination that we that shows up as a what? A negative feeling about something that is triggered by this and that, and this happened and that happened. More? How can I see that false identity? Just keep continue to practice and sit. 
the Buddha, the Dharma, Sangha, which you're already doing. You're you're living in a monastery and you're selling a robe to be a monk. Can't get any more committed than that to this path that I know of. But that doesn't mean everybody has to do that. You can do this without even, I, I feel, think and feel, both. You probably do this if you, you really have to commit to the sitting practice. Maybe understand your true nature without relating to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. But I think it would be unlikely. Um, how can I use the teaching be genuine in that situation? Yes, thank you. Be the shame you're trying to get rid of. What about, how do I be the shame that I'm trying to get rid of? Feel like shit. With no addition. Just like the other direction is really angry. Be that anger. That doesn't mean that's not a validation. That's not some, uh, um, um, that's not some free pass to blow your stack and abuse people. Just be that if you actually are the anger, you may not express it at all. The expression of anger is how you get rid of anger. You blame someone, you shake your fist at them, you whatever you any you just feel enraged and you just have to let it out somewhere. So the actual anger that one is uh, or distress or pride or shame or or um, a jealousy or whatever it's just it's just what it is. You if you convert it into into um, a fuel for the self-centeredness, it will eat it will eat that up and keep right on chewing on you in the form of suffering. Very, very difficult to talk about conceptually. I'm trying to do that. It's hard to talk about conceptually because you have to see it. So what I just said to you, further questions about that? No, fine. How do we be that and not let it, um, self-centeredness convert it. Yeah, you have to watch the indulgent. Just let, just, you just flash on it. Don't maintain something trying to get a credential out of being with your shame. Follow me a little bit? So you, you can, you'll, if you've been practicing a lot, you'll notice those subtle nuances that tend to move us into an area where it looks like we're doing what Maybe me, me or the teachings are just said, but actually we're, we've gone too far into that. We're starting to indulge. Picking and choosing disease of the mind. A hair's breadth deviation will fail to accord with a proper atonement to quote, uh, I don't know which one it is. Okazamai. So, so just exactly observe, receive, receive. How do you observe? Receive. Receive the receive whatever shows up to shame. Receive it as if as if you don't care if you ever get rid of it. You home buying. How to look at the difference and a no difference between ordinary mind and extraordinary mind. Bye. So ultimately, they would be the same. But the way you're asking the question. I would just say that things start to flatten out. Things get more and more flat. They're ordinary, not particularly uh, fantastic or entertaining. So to, the reason that the, the idea of saying uh, it's ordinary mind is so that it will help people uh, just be with whatever's showing up, just look at whatever's showing up, rather than look for some kind of special 
add something on. This is showing up. That must mean this is a good one. This happens, and instead of looking at what's there, which is ordinary mind, it's it takes it and it tries to get uh, uh, this. What what do they call it? Magical thinking. This must mean that. Well, this is showing up. Well, you were born on the thirteenth, and so was I. Oh, oh, what does that mean? What does that? What does it mean that we have the same birthday, or what does it mean that we're you know, my Mars is conjunct your Venus. I mean, and I can go on and on. I'm not making fun of any of that. There's a lot of value in all of those uh, different kind of arcane practices. Very valuable. But sometimes they're 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 uh, they, they turn into some kind of materialism or some kind of gaining idea. This happens all over with all kinds of practices like astrology or tarot cards or the I Ching. Uh, um. Are we, are we be able to know we are in different kinds of minds? Yes. Yes, that kind of, you won't know in the sense of, of knowledge, uh, the conventional kinds of information about it and concepts about it. You, you'll, you'll know you're looking at it. You're, you are looking at ordinary mind. You're looking at the, the very situation you're in. It's totally and fundamentally ordinary. And it's totally and fundamentally does not really exist in the way we think it does. We think we're somebody living here, going somewhere. And we are not really anyone, and we're not going anywhere. But I can talk like that in those kind of conflicting ideas. And it may be helpful to you, it may not. The most important thing that is going to be helpful to you is to take your mind, your situation, your body-mind complex, sit down in front of the wall and spend a lot of time there just watching the movement, not agreeing, not disagreeing, not looking away. And eventually you will start to see deeper and deeper layers of your awareness that could take you into other lifetimes, could take you into your childhood, it might not go there at all. You might go in there in terms of the feeling, but not in terms of content, the concept. You might not know what occurred, but you're able to relieve yourself of those kind of uh, hard rock areas in your heart or in your stomach just by looking at them. How do I know that? I don't know. I have no proof at all of anything. I'm not a scientist. I'm a monk. When you say that you can't know, this know is the seeing through practice. It's not the knowing through our uh, conceptual intellect and knowledge. Isn't that right? That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's we actually we actually see it. If you see it, you might see it for years and not know how to talk about it. And when you do start to talk about it, you might feel like this is this is just baloney. I, I don't know how to talk about this. And then you come back and you start looking at it again. And then you think, should I talk about this or not? I would say, no, don't talk about anything, unless you absolutely have to. Don't ever teach anybody anything as far as the spiritual path, unless you have to do it. I wouldn't be here unless I absolutely had to do this. I'm not doing this to make money or become famous or make friends even. I'm doing it because I have to. I have to do it. And I recommend that same approach to you. You can buy Thank you. Welcome.
So I think we can close. to all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.